Welcome back to Don't Look Under the Bed. And for those of you joining us for the first time, welcome in. We hope that you will subscribe, share, and review the show. Are you following Leanne Calderwood on LinkedIn? If not, you should be. Log in right now and connect. I'll wait. Okay. Leanne, also affectionately known as the LinkedIn lady, is on a mission to help you grow your brand and LinkedIn presence. Or as she puts it, create heroes out of business-to-business sales professionals. She shares with Nikki and I her hospitality journey, how she created her personal brand and a community of like-minded individuals. She gives us LinkedIn best practices and describes what a friend tour is and so much more. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to Don't Look Under the Bed. I'm Robin. And I'm Nikki. And I'm Leanne. Oh, we've got Leanne with us today. Hello. Hey, girls. How are you? Awesome. Welcome to Don't Look Under the Bed. Uh, You guys are really in for a treat today. We've got Leanne Calderwood with us. And if you don't know who she is, I'm telling you, you're going to know after this. Um, She describes herself as creating heroes out of salespeople. And I know I wear a cape, so I'm there. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So Leanne, let's just get right down to it. You very interesting story. Um, Please tell us about your journey. Yeah, sure. So I am actually a site selection associate and I have been for about 15 years. And when I started in site selection 15 years ago, I was not a salesperson. Um, In fact, I came from the meeting planning background. And when I was going through those sales uh, trainings and those uh, role play exercises with my my boss and my mentor at the time, uh, it was so uncomfortable for me. Um, In fact, I even started to cry because I just couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a raging introvert. And so trying to do sales and grow my business the old fashioned way through those cold calls and through the email campaigns, it just wasn't working for me. So I actually started being intentional about creating a personal brand. And that's how I grew a majority of my business. In fact, I even attracted another uh, company and another business partner with another site selection firm. And so when the pandemic hit, uh, you know, two and a half, three years ago, we all had that choice to make with what we wanted to do with, you know, our careers and our lives. And so I decided I was going to teach other people how to use their personal brands to attract leads and to attract opportunities. So, yeah, I'm described as someone who creates heroes out of salespeople. What I'm really doing is shaping salespeople to arm themselves with their own personal brand so that they can make impact and create influence with their target audience and with the industry as a whole. So, and that's what I'm doing. Wow. Okay. So, so let's, that was a lot. Hold on. Yeah. I was going to say, so, so let's, let's back it up. Yes. I, often you hear people in sales that say they hate selling or they're, they don't enjoy that part. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so from this, 
you you were able to get into personal branding. Mm-hmm. So, let's, so let's talk about that right there. Yeah, well, I always loved the site selection part of it, right? Like mm-hmm. wanted to serve my clients. I wanted to take care of them but it was getting the client that was the most difficult part for me in the traditional sales sense, right? As it is for all all of us. Yeah, but that's the thing is, I think there's so few of us that are just naturally sales people. Mm -hmm. Um, And there are those that enjoy sales and I I worship them because they have a skill set that I just don't possess. Um, But I knew it could be done without having to be that natural sales personality. So I decided to just be authentically me. And that was one way that I not only grew my business, but I was also able to create uh, closer partnerships with uh, the industry partners, our our hotel salespeople, our Mm -hmm. destination salespeople. And for my clients that are negotiating these meeting contracts, it was important to have those relationships. So I became that conduit because I knew everybody, you know, it didn't take me long to know everybody in, especially in the Canadian industry um, and where relationships are so important because, you know, our industry is, you know, it's fueled by relationships. Those were the things that I brought to the table. I couldn't bring my social or a sales savviness to the table. So I brought my brand to the table. I brought my relationships to the table and that's how I built my business. And I'm, I'm trying to teach others that they can do the exact same thing. It doesn't have to be about those traditional sales methods if you don't want it to be. Mm -hmm. Wow. So I hear two things there. Um, Building relationships and knowing everybody. How did you get to know everybody? Did you attend industry events and all that stuff being the introvert that you are? I mean, how do you do that? Well, I didn't. That's the thing. I mean, I could attend events to some point, but yeah. as you saw during the pandemic, we were all locked down. We sure. weren't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. a lot of my presence, um, even pre-pandemic was built through uh, social media. Okay. Um, I was one of those early adopters with Twitter way back when. Um, and then it was about seven or eight years ago, I got really super intentional about using LinkedIn. Um, so when most people, how most people know me now is through LinkedIn, um, to the point where I've actually now got this reputation of being the LinkedIn lady in the meetings and <laughs> events industry, because that's where most people run into me first is they mm-hmm. run into me on the platform and then they'll run into me in real life. And it makes for an interesting icebreaker because it's no longer this awkward, like, hi, who are you? I don't know. Who are you? But it's, oh, I know you from LinkedIn. Yeah. And yeah. so as an introvert, that works really well for me because we're able to just pick up the conversation right from there and just kind of jive and go with it and build our relationship. There's no need for that small talk and chit chat because they've already created a connection with me through the platform. Wow. So I have so many like A, B, C, my, my mind is creating an outline right now, but (laughs) such a meeting planner. I love it. (laughs) But, but because this, I mean, this is something that prior to the pandemic, of course I I had a LinkedIn profile because that's what everybody told you you needed to do. Mm -hmm. But then Mm -hmm. I realized there were good LinkedIn profiles. There were better. And then there was like, amazing. Mm -hmm. So if, if we can just talk for a moment 
about that because I, I run into people now that I'm like, well, are you on LinkedIn? And they're like, no. And I'm going, you know, what do you mean? So <laughs> let's talk about yeah. why that's important. Yeah, well, and LinkedIn is definitely my jam. When LinkedIn was founded in 2003, and for those of us who were around in the career industry in 2003, it really started as an online resume. And so, Nikki, you're right. We were all told, okay, you need to create an online resume on LinkedIn. And so we all did that. But things on LinkedIn have changed. And we kind of saw that change around 2016. And if you can remember, that's when Microsoft bought LinkedIn. And so is it coincidental? I don't know. But then we saw the shift from it being an online resume to being more about thought leadership and that branding opportunity, that branding presence um, online. And so you're right. Those, uh, those LinkedIn profiles we're seeing that are online resumes. Yeah, they're, they're okay. They're, they're fine. Um, but you can elevate it and make it about the person you're trying to impact. You can make it about the solutions and the outcomes that you provide as a professional, because mm -hmm. that's the way to really attract a tribe on LinkedIn is inviting them into your story so that they feel ha they have a place in your story. And LinkedIn is one of the best places that we can create that story a little bit different from a Facebook profile and an Instagram profile. There's a lot of, or there's very little room for that creativity, but our LinkedIn profiles, man, we can do a whole bunch of really interesting things to, to tell a story and invite people into that story and into that world. Like you guys have such an interesting story and I hope you're telling that story <laughs> through your LinkedIn profiles. Know what you are now. You are <laughs> I've, I will be by tomorrow. I would right. say that. <laughs> yeah, like just give me give me 10 minutes and right. I'll, I'll do something. <laughs> but it, it's it's interesting though, because like uh I mean I found you through LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Um and I I I'm able to see what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Like I'm like, yeah, mm. you know, but if it I had is a mindset shift. So extend yourself some grace because we were told right? Way back when that it wasn't about creativity. It was about having a CV in digital format. So right. extend yourself some grace. People are still learning that there is this shift on the platform. Having said that, the ones that have made the shift are the ones seeing some brand traction mm -hmm. and are starting to really create some impact with their LinkedIn presence. So, but y'all, you guys are going to be there. Don't worry. We'll get you there. <laughs> well, I, mean, I think, I think it's a lot. Yeah, you know, it's a lot for most yeah. people. It's a lot. Yeah, yeah. No, you talk it about time-consuming. You talk yeah. about personal branding. Um. So go back and what is it, and why is it important? Mm -hmm. Just to touch real. Quick. Yeah, that's a great question. And in my definition of personal branding, it's the intentional amplification of personality characteristics that we feel will impact and influence an audience in order to attract leads and opportunities. So that was a mouthful, but really the two words I want you to focus on is the intentional amplification. So we're all made up of these literally hundreds of thousands of characteristics, right? Mm -hmm. We're quiet, we're loud, we're intelligent, we're caring, we're loyal. Uh, we have skills in this area, we have skills in that area. We're passionate about tennis, we're passionate about knitting. 
So all of these characteristics that we have about ourselves, we're only going to choose about 20 of those that we want to actually amplify as part of our brand presence. These are the things that we want the outside world to kind of get about us. So even though I have all of these other things in my life, the ones that I've chosen to amplify are the ones that people resonate when they think of Leanne Calderwood or the things that resonate with people when they think of Nikki or when they think of Robin. And so that is what our brand is. And at any moment, we can take other traits off the shelf and pull mm-hmm. them into our brand, or we can decide to shelf things about ourselves and put them away. And we don't want people to see those things about our lives or about our personal brands. Um, but the importance of it is it does create a like-mindedness with who we're connecting with. Yeah. So a great example for me is I love to talk about tea. Now you would think talking about tea is pretty boring, has nothing to do with my professional life, but you'd be surprised how many tea drinkers love to talk to me about About tea. tea. (laughs) So that's the way we connect. You know, you've got Mookie in the background there, Nikki, you might decide that your obnoxious dog becomes part of your brand. So now you've invited community with other obnoxious dog owners, right? Like, so you get to choose Mm -hmm. how you can create your community because you're intentional about talking about that when you're in content, you can talk about Mookie on the podcast. And so now people will think of Nikki and they're like, oh, that's Mookie's mom. And it creates this connection point that they never had with you before that. Does that make sense? It absolutely does. And it's brilliant. It (laughs) is because I'm I'm thinking about, I, I always say, like when you're as a salesperson, you're having lunch with somebody, you have nothing in common with this individual, but you're looking for that one thing. Mm-hmm. And then and then once you find it, the light comes on and, and you're like ready. You know, for you, it's it's tea. I mean, I met a lady from the Toy Dog Club of Houston. So of course, I'm telling her about this dog over here and she's telling me about hers. And, you know, we're like besties by the end of it over these, you know, over that. So it's, yeah, ding, 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 right there. <laughs> yeah. And it, you're right. It doesn't take much. It can take as little as your pet or a cup of tea to create something that could potentially lead to business opportunities or other opportunities someday. Right. And again, it doesn't always have to be about getting someone on the path to purchase. It can be about what the three of us are doing right now. Mm-hmm. You found me on LinkedIn and now I'm speaking to you on a podcast. And so it's very meta what we're doing because we're talking about getting on a podcast on a podcast, but that's what a personal brand can do is it can invite other opportunities for you to grow your brand or your business or whatever it is that you're trying to grow. Love it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So you mentioned a while back, uh, you referenced your mentor. So mm-hmm. talk about that. How did you find a mentor or did they find you? Yeah, well, that one was very organic because he was uh, my boss. He was okay. the person who hired me uh, when I first started in site selection. Um, but the, And that morphed into not only was he a boss, but he was a mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I learned and I've continued to learn um, much from him over the years. Um, and we tend to always look to our supervisors or our bosses to be 
um, logical mentors for us, right? Someone a little bit senior in the same organization. Um, but I have mentors that are in different industries. I have mentors that are in completely different organizations. And right now the trend is really to find those friendters. So those are friends that are also mentors and it's that co-collaboration. And so I have a lot of those. I'm very, very lucky. I have a lot of smart, mostly women, ironically, a lot of smart women friendters in my network and we share with one another. It's not just about this hierarchy of mentor mentee, but we're, we share, we bring both of our strengths to the table. Wow. Okay. I love that. <laughs> well, you Robin. guys are probably friends, <laughs> A right? I would Okay. I, I, I guess, I guess we are. I didn't know there was a word. <laughs> I love that. But you're right. Cause I'm like, Hey Rob. And she's like, Hey Nikki. And we're, well, what, what do you know? And what do you think? So yeah, we're there. Um, wow. Something I saw that, uh, you were talking about on LinkedIn and I just, I, I want to know more. So you have hashtag always be learning. <laughs> Why is this important? Oh my goodness. That's so funny. You should. So that was actually, it's not even my hashtag. It's my, <laughs> one of my friend's hashtags. So my friend, Heather Reed, yes, big shout out to Heather Reed with Planner Protect, one of my besties. She posted on LinkedIn not too long ago about how she spent her pandemic time because uh, she spent her pandemic time literally getting a law degree, <laughs> like, right? Like there's, wow. right? there's what I did and then there's what Heather did, right? Like <laughs> she took it next level. And so she posted about, you know, how she kind of, she came across getting this, certification, if you can call it that. And she used the hashtag always be learning. And it's like, and it, it made me pause and really reflect on the past couple of years. Cause even though my site selection business was on hold and my new business, which is the one that brought me to you guys here, it hasn't reached the level that I'm trying to reach yet. So I'm in this transition period. And often I would find myself thinking, what have I done over the last two years? Like I have done, you know, quote unquote, nothing. But then her post reminded me, nah, Leanne, you did a hell of a lot more than nothing. You created two digital courses. You created dozens of workshops. You have blogged religiously week after week after week. You've grown your LinkedIn community. You've doubled your LinkedIn community in over a year. Um, and so when I started to take stock of the things that I actually was learning, then it was like, oh yeah, you're right. Maybe at the end of the day, I don't have that tangible thing to show for what I've learned, but I have been learning mm -hmm. and that, and wow. it's made the last two and a half years of my life, probably the best two and a half years of my life. Maybe not the best professionally, because I'm still getting there, still growing my training yeah. business. Mm. But man, I learned a lot. And man, did that ever bring me joy and happiness. Um, so that's why I wanted to talk about that is I think we were always be learning the last couple of years. Yeah. You guys learned how to do a podcast. Yeah. Like how many people can say that? And oh the learning God. curve you went <laughs> And yeah, it's frustrating <sighs> and exactly exasperating and you want to throat punch each other occasionally, 
but look at how far you've come and look at True. how much you've learned. <laughs> and like, that's what I need to focus on. And so Heather was a great reminder of that. It's like, nah, let's not remember the bad days. Let's remember all of the crap that we did not know three years ago. Yeah. And I think this industry is a great example of professionals who have overlearned what mm-hmm. we needed to learn over the past three years. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, no, that's it's, cool. a, it's amazing. And, and even, I mean, I say this a lot on the show, probably like every other show, it's always, it always just kind of catches me off guard to realize how much stuff I actually know. And, and I'm like, oh, you know, hey, look at me, you know. We're like, who's listening to us? <laughs> if you're out there, let us know and let us know why. <laughs> or even when people mention the show, yeah. and and because I've had that happen where yeah. I'm standing there like, what? You know, and they're like, yeah, that's I'm like, yeah, that is me. Yep, it sure is me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, See, you have a brand, Nikki, own it. You've got to own it. <laughs> yes. Who knew? Um, and this is because I'm, I'm like, I'm your, I'm your LinkedIn stalker. Like I'm all whatever with you, right? Like, yes. In my mind, we're like best friends. So right. that's, that's what's going on in my brain. Um, something that I noticed when the, your, your people you're following, others talk about your passion and inspiration for what you do. Where does this come from? Wow. Uh, well, a part of my brand is I'm a recovering workaholic and a type A goal setter. So for me, when the pandemic hit and we all had to reimagine what the next year was going to look like, um, it was not going to be about sitting on my butt. It was going to be about something that I wanted to do and kind of, listen, I'm older, I'm in the twilight of my career. And I decided, listen, I'm not going to end my career having any regrets about the things that I want to do and the things that I want to share. And so that's really what gets me out of bed excited every single day is I have finally found that thing after decades of toying with different careers and doing different things in the industry, all great stuff. I have no regrets, but this is what I was supposed to do. And I can wow. feel it when I get up in the morning and I'm already shaking and I haven't had a cup of tea yet. <laughs> so I, I think, you know, once you find that thing, um, the failures, they hurt like heck, but you don't, it doesn't derail you from keeping going. And that's yeah. what I have experienced over the last three years is no matter how big of the setback, there's no way I can give this up now. I just, it, I, I can't, I can't, I love it way, way, way too much. So That's I don't know awesome. if that answers that question. It does. Yeah, no, yeah, it does. It does. It, it does. It's like, you're, I'm reading and I'm going, huh, huh, you know, next one, next one. And there I'm like, okay, well, what's, what's up? I, I need to know what's up with this. So. <laughs> wow. So you talked like about this. your, your, your training courses. Um, talk about that and then talk about what is it that people, what's the demand? What are they looking for when they come to you uh, to get, to get training and assistance? Yeah. Well, and that's part of kind of what I've learned too the past couple of years. So when I started the business, the first thing I did, or one of the first things I did is I created a course, a digital course on demand course uh, about LinkedIn. 
Uh, fast forward, that course is still available for purchase. It's gone through a few reiterations because social media changes all the time. Yeah. Um, but that course was kind of the first thing I wanted to achieve is create something that people could watch on demand uh, on their own time um, at an affordable price point versus paying a coach, which is very, very expensive to do. And then I started, and then I built a second course on branding, but then I started to realize, you know, a lot of these people actually don't want to do it all by themselves in the corner of their office on a Friday afternoon. They actually want to do it with their team. And so now I find myself doing what's called small teams training, where it's the team of hotel sales managers or the team of the destination managers or whatever that team looks like. They're coming together to learn from me and then ask questions that we can all answer as a group to kind of optimize their LinkedIn activity. Um, It's mostly around LinkedIn. So Mm -hmm. I do a lot of small teams trainings and I love that. It gives me a lot of great energy. Um, But I also have the individual courses for those that want to do it on their own. They don't want to do it with anyone else. Um, but there's also a group coaching part of those uh, individual courses as well. So those are my two most popular, I suppose, offers is the mm-hmm. digital courses and the small teams training. Awesome. Go ahead, Nikki. Oh, Nikki, you're on mute. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Look at me. Um, <laughs> so, so in, so when you're teaching and you're teaching folks on LinkedIn, because mm-hmm. like, I, I'm, I'm so 50, 50 on this. Robin and I, we, we, this is like our little seesaw thing. When we talk about networking and connecting with people through LinkedIn, mm-hmm. <laughs> how, like, how do you come through, I guess, how do you come through somebody's like uh, direct messaging and, and, and have it, I don't know if genuine is the right word, but not feel like used car salesman. Like, how do you, how do you do that? How does that yeah. work? Yeah, well, there's eight different ways that oh. you can do it, but I'll just show you, I'll just highlight a couple of the most effective um, and relevant ways that one can connect warmly with someone versus a cold sales connection. Uh, number one, LinkedIn is never the place where we're going to be selling at all. Um, I do not talk about selling my LinkedIn services in any of my communications on the platform, but I do connect with people on the platform all the time. And the way that I do is through those like-minded things. Mm -hmm. So for example, if someone has engaged in a piece of content that I created, right, Nikki, you've been uh, consuming my content all week. If you were a second degree connection, Nikki, I would have sent you a note to saying, hey, Nikki, I see that you commented on my post about always be learning. Was there something that you were always be learning over the last couple of years? By the way, do you want to connect on the platform? Boom, right? So we have that in common. But if you're not creating content yet, um, there are other ways that you can find those like-minded people. You can find them inside of LinkedIn groups. You can find them... um, inside of like-minded content. So a great example for the hotel and meeting planning industry is if MPI does a piece of content, there's a whole bunch of people engaging on the MPI content. 
Well, there we go. Hey, Nikki, I saw you commented on the post that MPI did the other day about the upcoming European conference. Are you going? Blah, blah, blah. Do you want to connect here on LinkedIn? So these are ways that we can find those commonalities through LinkedIn still mm-hmm. and create that connection request because our LinkedIn uh, presence or our LinkedIn effectiveness really, it, it's about the strength of our network. And so we can't ignore the strength of our network when we start creating content, when we start optimizing our profile. We need to have eyes on all of those things. And so having a robust network will get us there. I love so that. Does that help? Yes. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. We're, that... we're in trouble. <laughs> no, we're not. We're not. We're doing it now. We're doing it. <laughs> Good, good answer. (laughs) It's like lightning round help. Yeah, no, we're there. We're, we're going to, we're going to be okay, Nikki. (laughs) But you know what? That's why these conversations are good. Cause it's not just us. (laughs) Right. Exactly. It's not. So a random question (laughs) from me. Um, what fictional person do you wish were real? Ooh, Professor McGonagall from Harry Potter. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> That's a good one. I like I it. I feel like she has got it going on. Like yeah. she's, I love Professor okay. McGonagall. Okay. <laughs> I love that. Is that fictional enough? <laughs> it is. No, it is. And I love, and I love the Harry Potter series. So yeah. I'm like, okay, that's cool. I like it. I'm sorry, <laughs> Nikki. No, uh, no, you know, I, you know, I go the, off the rails, but. Well, I had a way random because I thought it would be so fun. I know you're from Canada and I was like, oh, it'll be so fun to have this. Like I can sound all smart Canadian thing to say. (laughs) And, and I was on it. I really was. And then I don't know what happened to me, but I got stuck on the ketchup chips. (laughs) Please explain. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to be smart and then I don't know what happened. Oh my goodness. Well, if we ever meet in real life, I am bringing you a bag of ketchup chips. That cracks me up. <laughs> yeah, I do. I have American friends that give me a list of things I'm supposed to like, you know, smuggle into the U.S. It's oh, ketchup nice. chips, coffee crisp, chocolate bars, Smarties. Uh, what else is on that list? <laughs> There's a few things. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, I was going to be all historical and <laughs> and then I don't know what happened. So have Again, you ever had ketchup chips? Never. Ne- I was like, I was like, what is that? <gasps> yeah, so we're going to have to we're going to have to find out. <laughs> um so as we look into uh the new year 2023 what's what's that looking like for you what's that looking like for us in hospitality Ooh, uh, well you know it's funny we we and i'm sure you guys do are talking about it all day every day right now about you know the scare of a recession coming i would like to think that yes it's coming but i don't think it's going to be as big and bad as scary as people are making it sound yeah. Um, we are all so desperate to get together. Um, and a lot of us are getting together, right? Mm-hmm. The industry people yeah. are now getting together, but there's a lot of industries that still took a bit more time to come together. And so 2023 is really the year that they're seeing each other for the first time in like three years. So I don't see that slowing down because we've now seen 
as we've been coming back together that, man, we missed it, right? Like we, there was just this hole, this gaping hole that was created when we couldn't see each other in person. It's not anything Zoom could fix. Um, It was a Band-Aid, which is great. Thank you, Zoom. And thank you, webinars. And thank you, virtual events um, for this incredible Band-Aid. But man, when we got together in person, it was just like a part of ourselves came back. Um, at least that's how I felt. Yeah. And I know there's yeah. a lot of people who are feeling that regardless of what industry they're in. So for our industry, I, I think we're still going to be strong. I don't think the recession is going to hit us as hard. And hopefully now that we're returning to events, um, we're returning to looking at how to make them more sustainable. Mm-hmm. That conversation had to take a back seat during the pandemic. So I'm hoping that conversation mm-hmm. comes to the forefront again. Nice. Any, any tips or advice for our listeners? Ooh, about LinkedIn. Uh, (laughs) um, Well, connect with one another on LinkedIn. Don't be shy. Uh, Reach out, make some new connections uh, and start to engage on the platform. Um, You know, stop your scroll every once and again, and look for a way to leave a comment on a post Mm. that really impacted and influenced you. The content creators on LinkedIn, that's all they need to keep going. Um, It's just one comment to say, hey, I I hear you. I like what you're writing here. I agree with you. Or I'm not sure I agree with you. I have a different take on it. And just start a conversation and keep the conversation going. Nice. So what's the best advice you've received? Hmm. I received, uh, actually it was another podcast I listened to recently where we were talking, she was talking about uh, chasing versus creating and her piece of advice, uh, and I have it on a post-it note here, literally at my desk because it, it struck me so profoundly. She said, we need to give our attention to our intention. So I'll repeat that. Give our attention to our intention. So if I intend to build a business around LinkedIn, I need to ignore everything else that's that, you know, that squirrel and the big shiny objects. And I need to focus on building my LinkedIn business. So uh, for reference, that was Judy Holler's podcast, if you guys are familiar with Judy Holler. Uh, So give your attention to your intention. And so that's going to be my motto heading into 2023. I love that. Well, Leanne, where can we find you? Ah, uh, Well, there's a little platform called LinkedIn, uh, www.linkedin.com slash in slash Leanne Calderwood. Um, But I also have a blog over at LeanneCalderwood.com. That's probably the best, uh, second best place to find me. All right. Well, excuse me. You have definitely... uh, and enriched our lives. And, yes. you know, we, we have work to do. There's definitely work for us to get to and things that, um, you know, it's just always great to share the knowledge and just, even if it's a check of, let me get on the right path or, Hey, I'm almost there. Let me just keep moving. Uh, so thank you very much for being our guest today. And, um, you know, as you grow and your business grow, I do hope you'll come back and share with us. I would love to. Thank you for spending time with me today. You guys are the best. Oh, Thanks. thank you so much. Don't hang up. 
Thank you for listening to Don't Look Under the Bed. We appreciate your support of the show. Please subscribe, share, and leave a review. Thank you.